Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Maybe some of you have sat on stuff and didn't obey vision and, and you've been sinning and messing up and you got stuff looking behind you. Now you feel condemned like you, you can't do it. Something God makes available because he's a very merciful and very forgiving God is if you repent and you move forward, God's got this amazing thing that he does and, and he lets people start fresh. He lets He lets people walk in newness. Um, he lets people that made mistakes and did wrong things and didn't do the right things and didn't obey him, uh, he lets them turn it around, repent, and he forgives them. He gives them fresh life. God issues calls in believers' lives to step out in faith. Go in the direction he's indicating and trust him each step. But often believers ignore, put off, doubt, or reject this calling. Today, Pastor Bill will encourage you to turn to God, recognize your failing to follow his call, and walk forward in faith. And the beautiful thing is, is that God restores you, renews your walk, and helps you start fresh. He's so gracious and faithful to you. He'll help you walk forward in faith and obedience. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Numbers, chapter 26, for today's edition of The Transforming Word. Father in heaven, we thank you for a new day, and thank you for another opportunity to just to come into your presence, Lord, to be among your people. Uh, we thank you for the time of praise and worship, and uh, Lord, at this time, as we turn our attention to your word, we pray you would open it up to us, God, and we believe by faith that your word is living and powerful. It is supernatural. Lord, this is not a, a routine. This is not a regular book. Lord, this is the living word of almighty God. And we, we look for you to speak to us. We look for you to meet with us in this place. So God, help each one of us to uh, just be in a place uh, in our own hearts, in our own minds, uh, a place of being able to receive that which you have for us. And I got to praise your word goes forth that you would meet each of us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. amen. All right. Well, if you're looking at the chapter, uh, this is one of those chapters where it's, um, there's going to be lots of genealogies and lists, and this is how we're going to approach each list. Uh, at the beginning of the list, it tells us which family it's speaking about. It might say Gad or Simeon or Nephtali or whatever, and there's a purpose for the numbering them at this time. They, they're being numbered, this is 38 years after they were first numbered. So when we first began the book of Numbers and he had them number everybody to see who could go out to war. Well, they're doing it all over again, but it's 38 years later. And so uh, we're going to notice this as we look at the different tribes. Some tribes have lost. They're, they're, not as, they're not as many as they were previously. Some tribes have gained. Some tribes have lost. And so I titled message Gains and Losses. You're going to see that the tribes that gained... Um, you know, some just a little bit, some a lot, um, and there's some that significantly were depleted, and usually the ones that were lessened, the ones that had losses, it was a result of error or disobedience on their part. And as we come to the end of the chapter, we're going to see that it, it plays out in the long term of that tribe because let's say the tribe lost people and it's a smaller tribe, well now you get a smaller inheritance because the inheritances were given out according to how many people you had. So if you were a tribe that lost 64,000 people, as one of them did uh, in 38 years, you're going to get us lesser inheritance than you would have gotten in the beginning. And so uh, let's jump in. Numbers chapter 26. I'm um, sorry, reading to verse one. It says, now it came to pass 
After the plague that the Lord spoke to Moses and Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, saying. And so if you guys remember, there was the plague that came out because the, the men were allowing the Moabite women to come into their tents. And remember the one guy who was bold enough to bring his little Moabite honey out to the tabernacle and, and then go back to the tent with her. And so uh, Eleazar went and, you know, he's with a javelin and he thrust them both through and the plague stopped. Well, thousands of people die in that particular plague. And so that's what we pick up today. The plague is ended because, you know, the, the, the plague, after the plague was over, the Lord spoke to Moses and Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, saying, take a census of all the congregation of the children of Israel from 20 years old and above by their father's houses, all who were able to go to war in Israel. So Moses and Eleazar, the priest, spoke with them in the plains of Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho, saying, Take a census of the people from 20 years old and above, just as the Lord commanded Moses and the children of Israel who came out of the land of Egypt. And it's going to begin from there. So the, the purpose of the census or numbering the people is, is so that they can begin to organize and figure out, you know, how many people do we have? Because they're getting ready finally to go into the promise. And we're getting we're a little bit closer now. We're closer now than we've ever been to them finally getting into the promised land. And so they're going to renumber. One thing I want to point out that I thought was interesting, 38 years earlier, they had numbered the people to see how many were able to go to war. Um, 38 years earlier, everything they needed to go in and get the promised land, they had it. They organized, they planned, they counted, they divvied up the people. You're the warriors. You stay home with the kids. You know, everybody had their position, their place. Why are we still talking about it 38 years later? Why 38 years later is it not done yet? One thing, 38 years later with all the planning they did, They never had enough faith. They didn't trust God enough to step out and get it. And so we're doing it again 38 years later. And I would just point this out. We'll we'll talk about it more at the end of the study. But I would just point this out to any of us as an encouragement and exhortation to you. If there's something God's been repetitively speaking to you about and the years are passing by and time is going, you know, time is wasting, time's running out, and, and you've even sat down and prayed about it, and you got journals, and you planned it, and you've written it out, and you, you've worked on it, and you've looked at it, and you've, you've done everything except take the steps of faith to do it. May this be a word from the Lord to you to do it. Don't, don't let eight years, three years, two years, eight months, don't let time keep slipping by because God's giving you a vision, giving you direction, giving you a plan. You got everything except the faith to step out and do it. May this be a word for you to to step out in faith. And it's only stepping out in faith when it's stepping out to do what God said do. I'm not telling anybody here to dream a kooky dream tonight and go tomorrow and do some outlandish thing and call it faith. Faith is always in God, in his word. So it's, it's only faith when it's God told me to do this, but I'm scared because I'm not sure if it'll work out. I'm worried about how I'm gonna take care of this. You know, my fears or whatever hinder me, but Faith is taking what God said to do and trusting him that he's got you covered and stepping out. The only reason we're talking about this 38 years later is because 38 years previously, after they counted and planned, they did everything except go. And so we're doing it again. Um, Now there's been a loss of loss of life. There's been a, a whole generation of people because they didn't believe. Remember, what did God tell the parents, the older generation? What did he tell them? Anybody remember? It was a negative promise. It was one of them unprecedented promises. He said, none of y'all get to go to the promised land. Y'all will die in the desert. Who gets to go in? Their kids. So now we're 38 years later, we're dealing with the kids. Um, They're going to get to go. But we saw earlier in numbers, 
the kids had the same issue the parents had. It had passed down. The kids were making the same complaints. The kids were making the same murmurings. The kids were complaining about food that they wish they could eat that they never had. You know, they, they just inherited mom and dad's complaining spirit and jumped right in there. So I just I look at this and I see the mercy of God all over it, that God is still being true to his word, that if you guys will trust me, I'll take you in. What about all the disobedience? If you'll trust me now, we'll go now. What about all the years of disobedience? What about the seasons of untrust? What about the times where we sinned against you? If you'll trust me now, we can move forward. And you need to know that too. Maybe some of you have sat on stuff and didn't obey vision and and you've been sinning and messing up and you got stuff looking behind you. Now you feel condemned like you, you can't do it. Something God makes available because he's a very merciful and very forgiving God is if you repent and you move forward, God's got this amazing thing that he does and, and he lets people start fresh. He lets, he lets people walk in newness. Um, he lets people that made mistakes and did wrong things and didn't do the right things and didn't obey him, uh, he lets them turn it around and repent and he forgives them. He gives them fresh life and fresh opportunity. That's the only way this group gets to go and they've been horrible. We've read the story. There's been nothing great about them. And so any of us that are serving in ministry or doing anything for God, if we were to be honest, we would acknowledge that it's a work of his grace in our life too. Uh, getting what we don't deserve. No one deserves it, but God is gracious. Amen. And we should be very thankful for that. So the first tribe we're going to look at is the tribe of Reuben and his covered in verses five through 11. I'm going to read the first part of it. And I want to say a few things about Reuben. And this is kind of how we're going to go. Uh, I'll give you the verses. I'll tell you verses five through 11, tribe of Reuben. And then I'll, you know, we're not, I'm not going to read through all the names because I'll just give the important parts of each section. And if you like to read those names and I'm encourage you in your devotional time that you do so, (laughs) but I'm not going to do it here tonight. So uh, uh, verse five, it says, uh, it says Reuben was the firstborn of Israel. The children of Reuben were, and it starts to name out the kids and, and go down from there. Uh, this is what I want to point out about Reuben. Uh, he's the first one counted, and you'll see as you, as you go through his list and you come to the end of it um, in verse 10, when Reuben was counted earlier in the book, they had 46,500 men ready for war. Now, 38 years later, they have 43,730 men. So they've lost 2,770 men. Um, there, there's a loss of men in the tribe of Reuben. One of the things that we would point out, uh, it was from Reuben, it was uh, from Reuben's tribe, it was Datham and Abiram. Those are the two that went and there was the rebellion at Korah. If you guys remember that the earth opened up, this is in number 16 if you want to go back and read it. The earth opened up and swallowed alive those that were rebelling against what God had established, rebelling against God's structure, God's leaders, the people that God had put in place, the way that God had things running. These people got together and said, they basically started a rebellion and God said, no, no, I'll I'll make sure you guys understand that I'm in charge of this. And the earth opened up and swallowed them whole. And so their their tribe is less. Now, a couple things I want to point out uh, because we'll see that... um, you know, these things get passed down. So maybe these parents at one, this, the parents here messed up. They were the ones that, you know, did the rebellion or whatever, these, these people there at, at Cora. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to taint their legacy. It's tainting what they're able to pass down. There's less of them now. By 2,770 men, some tribes are going to be way, you know, way bigger gaps than that. There's less of them, so they're going to get less land when they finally get to the end of this and God wants to give them out what he, what he has. 
this is what I want to point out is because I read this and I'm aware that it's going somewhere. Like, why are we numbers? That was my question. As I read through the chapter, I'm like, okay, God, why the numbers? Because it's, it's, it's the book. The book is called the book of numbers. So, duh. Uh, but, you know, why, why did you do this? Why is this in Holy Scripture? Why does, why does God write these things out? What can we take from this? Well, at the end of the story, God says, I'm, I, I was planning to bless them. I was planning to give them land. I was planning to, I had blessings allotted for each tribe that I, I had in, in, intended to give them. They determined how blessed they were going to be by the obedience, the disobedience. The, the tribes that were obedient, they're going to see some tribes that in the midst of disobedience flourish. And God blesses them. They're going to get a lot more. And so it's a reminder to me and it should be a reminder to you that our time on earth is precious uh, it be- if you belong to the Lord, so does your time on earth. It belongs to the Lord. Don't squander it. Don't waste it. Don't rebel against the Lord. Don't walk in disobedience. It- it's-, it's-, it's for you and the Lord. But then I got people right behind me. Everybody here that's blessed to have kids or a wife or anybody looking up to you, there's, there's you and the Lord. But then I got some people right behind me. And um, that was the case here. You know, they're people right behind you. And they're going to they're gonna inherit what you left. And if you had the opportunity to leave greater, I want to leave. I want to do as good as I can do. I want it to be, I want, I want everything that God wants to give me. I want it for me. And I want to be able to pass it on to my kids. Uh, I don't want to fall short of anything that he intends. And for us, it's different, right? They were getting land on earth. They were getting stuff here and now. Where's our reward coming? In eternity. So we don't think about this a lot and maybe we don't talk about it a lot, but it's important, right? The Bible tells us not to, we're not, we're not fighting for some land down here on earth. We'll let some land go down here. We're battling, we're, we're obeying God. We're, we're, our promised land is not down here on earth. It's the spirit-filled life here and now, but the Bible tells us to not store up treasure down here where moth and dust corrupt and where thieves break in and steal, but to store it up ahead. Send it on up ahead into heaven before you. And so you can live your life on earth in such a way that you don't invest anything in eternity. You can live your life in such a way that you just, you're just storing it up in, in eternity. And you can't see it right now. I wonder the saints that you know, had powerful ministries of intercession and prayer and all these unseen things that nobody could see and you couldn't touch it. There was nothing physical in their hand here and now, but it's all gone up ahead where they're going to be for all eternity. And then the rewards, what will they be? We don't know. Like, what kind of rewards does God give out? You know, my, my, one of you guys know one of my favorite verses, 1 Corinthians 2, 9, where it says, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have it entered into the hearts of men the things that God has prepared for those who love him. God says, you, you haven't imagined it. You haven't seen it. You haven't heard it. You haven't even dreamed it up with things I prepared. So we don't even know what it's going to be. Paul got a glimpse into the third heaven. He said the things he saw were so amazing that to put it into human words would be crime. And so he didn't put it into human words. He said, I just, I just going to leave it at that. It, it was, it, I, it, I'd be, it'd be a crime for me to try to put that in human words. Y'all got to wait till you get there and see it. And so it, it should give the believer great hope. I mean, just that, that God would interact with us here and now and he ministers to us and, and uses us here and now, but we have the opportunity. We're going to be in, we're going to be in heaven for, forever and we can, we can send it up ahead. We can store up ahead of us. And so we want to live our life that way, right? Don't squander it. Don't waste it. Um, the, the mistake that this group made was twofold. Lack of faith, disobedience. And they really go hand in hand. They wouldn't obey because they didn't really believe God. They didn't believe God, therefore they didn't obey God. But the, the history of Israel was they wouldn't trust him enough. 
after all that he had done, all the miracles, water out of rocks and manna out of heaven and quail and everything else, they wouldn't trust him and they wouldn't disobey him. And so if we can learn from their mistakes, we want to do those two things that they didn't do. We want to be people of faith. And we want to be growing in our faith every day, every week. That's why uh, one of the reasons, one, of the, one, one more reason why I encourage us to do the Bible reading, because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. So if you read it, 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 this is what happens. You read the word, you read the word, you see that it's true and your faith grows. You read the word, it's like, boom, God spoke to me. Oh, that was, that was crazy. I was thinking about that. And then I read that verse. I wasn't even planning. And then your faith grows. And you, you'd be amazed at how the more time you spend in the word, you become a man and woman of faith. Get far away from the word. And faith becomes a spooky, you know, you know, almost mystical sort of thing. Faith is a lot simpler. God said it comes by hearing and hearing by my word. The more time you spend in my word, the more a man of faith, the more a woman of faith, the more a person of faith you're going to become. So moving on, that, that's the tribe of Reuben. So Reuben suffered a loss. They lost 2,770 men since, you know, from the time they began. Look at verses 12 through 14 is the tribe of Simeon. Verses 12 through 14, tribe of Simeon. He said, the sons of Simeon, according to their families were, and it goes on and down in verse 14, it says, those are the families of Simeon, 22,200. So in the first census, Simeon had 59,300 men. And 38 years later, they have 22,000. So they lost 37,100 men over the 38 years. But these are the men that can go to war. So that made that that's a 63% loss for them. That's one of the I think this is the biggest loss in the group. Simeon, they, they just took a took a major loss. Um, a lot less people, a lot less. And, and just this is what I think of this. What if Simeon had went ahead and what if they had gone ahead and gone in 38 years earlier? He'd have gone in and and they would be receiving on the back end a much greater uh, reward. But the time wasted and the time over this time, they suffered loss, and they lost a, a lot of people, and that would mark this tribe. That tribe's inheritance is going to be marked by this number now, not the previous number. Um, what do we learn from that? That many times when we won't step out in faith when God says do it, some people feel like, you know what, I, if I don't do it now, I'll just do it later. Like, like, like almost like God will give me more chances. I can, I, it'll, it'll still be there to do. But that's not necessarily the case. Do you? Some people don't believe that you could actually miss out on what God has, but you can. You could actually miss out on what God has. There are opportunities that God has that you could actually miss out on because um, you, you just wouldn't move forward. You just wouldn't do it. Um, there's some people that like to act like, no, whatever I do, whatever I end up doing, it ends up being God's will. And so if I wait five years and God works it out, then no, you could actually waste time and lose opportunities. There's opportunities that you won't get back. Uh, I spoke to someone this week who. Um, felt like at one the spirit had prompted them to pray for someone for for supernatural healing, but they didn't. And now they'll they don't, they'll never that opportunity's gone, right? They don't get to go back and see if God would have done something supernatural. You know, it's just it's gone. It's an opportunity missed. Same with sharing the gospel. There can be times where the Lord prompts you to talk to him, talk to him, talk to her, and you know that something's the Lord's doing something that's not normal. You're being prompted, and you're like, ah, I'm trying to get home. Eh, it's going to be inconvenient, and you don't do it. You never know. It's a missed opportunity. It's not like you get that over again. God's not hindered by you either. He'll have someone more faithful than you step up and do it. But you missed out on your opportunity, maybe to lead that person to Christ, maybe to see God do something significant in the, in the realm of healing for someone. And so you can miss opportunities. And so, again, had this tribe gone in 38 years earlier, boom, they're a much bigger tribe. They're going to get a much bigger inheritance, 63% more. Um, but now they're a smaller tribe. 
uh, they've lost in, in the time wasted they've lost. All right, moving on now, verses 15 through 18 is the tribe of Gad. The sons of Gad, according to their families, and it goes on to begin to name their names, and then in verse 18, these are the families of the sons of Gad, according to those who were numbered of them, 40,500. And so Gad is another tribe that lost. Um, they started out 38 years earlier. They had 45,650 men. Now, 38 years later, they have 40,500. So they lost 5,150 fighting men. And so, again, the, the people that we're counting are specifically the men that were able to go to war. That meant that this is the strength of your tribe. The, the strength of your army represented the strength of your tribe. And so they lost 5,000, you know, 5,150 men. So 11% loss for Gad. Again, they go in weaker and they go in smaller. And I titled the study Gains and Losses because in our time and space on earth, we can be, there are people that are just making gains. There are people that you look at when they got saved and you look at the, 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 the trajectory that they're on and it's like, man, they're just, they're growing in their relationship with the Lord. They're growing in their ability to serve. They're just, you see gains all the way. And it doesn't look like, you know, Paul is maybe one of my favorite people to chart out. And I look at his life and where it began and how God was merciful to forgive him for his heinous sins. But you look at when he turned his life to the Lord and he just, the trajectory that he was on was all, it was just, he just went further and further and further and further and further and then he died and went to be with the Lord, right? He never fell off. He never, he never fell back. He never had a season where he took off. He never, he never had a season of backsliding. He just, from everything that the Holy Spirit of Scripture shows us, he just kept moving forward, pounding the pavement, going hard for the Lord, winning the loss, doing the hard things, correcting false doctrine, raising up leaders, building churches, boom, boom, bam, bam, bam. Until he's in prison at the very end saying, I'm, I'm done. I've done everything God gave me to do. Ready to go home. And, he, and he, goes, go, he goes home to be with the Lord. Right? You look at a life like that and you think, man, he just gained and gained and gained and gained and gained the whole time. I, I hate for people to feel like that's not possible. Uh, I hate to hear Christians talk like, well, that's just not Paul the Apostle. You know, for us it's different. We're human. That's the kind of stuff that, that's the kind of stuff that people that want to stay, you know, in compromise say. We know we're human. Nobody's perfect. Um, we, we know we're human, obviously, so is Paul. Um, we know what we are. God knew what we are. Uh, we know that none of us are absolutely perfect, but we can use those things as kind of an excuse to fall short of all that we could be. Um, and it, it's a fight to become all that you could be, but we could, we could use things like that to kind of excuse ourselves. Well, you know, I mean, just it's going to take some time. No, it's not. I, I'm going to just say this because this is for somebody. There, this because I hear it a lot. I, I'm always talking to people, encouraging people, challenging people, and this is what I hear back sometimes. This is the kickback I get from people that are, are not wanting to change quickly. Well, you know, I've been doing that for a long time. It's going to take some time. How long does it take to repent? Huh? Repentance is like that, right? It's right now, right? Repentance doesn't take time. Repentance is not something that it's like, well, you know, I've been, I've been slapping people in the mouth for 20 years, and so I'm going to slow down. I'm going to slap one a week now. This will be every day. You know, that's not repentance. That's making a, a compromise with my flesh. Repentance is, it's first a change of mind. God, I agree with you that what I've been doing is wrong. You're right. I'm wrong. And I'm going to stop and obey you beginning today. I'm turning around from what I've been doing today. I repent. That's repentance. A lot of people have never repented. They've just acknowledged their sin and they've made a little, little agreements to try to do better. I'm going to I'm I'm try to do a little better. I'm going to tell you that Jesus didn't die for you to try to do a little better. He didn't. 
He died so that those that would believe in him would repent, that they would make a U-turn and their lives would be radically transformed. We would not be the same. You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. As we study through the book of Numbers, do you relate to how the people wanted to rebel, complain, and doubt what God's doing? Throughout this book, it's easy to pick up on a theme that God doesn't look kindly at a rebellious spirit or behavior. However, He corrects the people in a way that causes them to come back to Him with the right kind of heart. The lessons that He taught them are the same ones He teaches you today. He wants you to live fully for Him, not just say one thing and do another. This means not going about your ministry complaining about the things that bother you. God wants you to be overflowing with gratitude for what He's doing in your life and to look back at the struggles and recognize that He was the one who got you through. Are you enjoying these things that you're gaining from the book of Numbers? Today's message is available to listen to again on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. Once you're there, just click on the Teachings tab. Otherwise, feel free to download our mobile app to listen to more messages like this. Just search for Calvary Chapel Inglewood in your app store. If you're looking for a place to connect this weekend, we'd love for you to join us for church. Look on our website for the latest information on service times and locations. We're a group of people who love to learn from God's Word and be together as the family of God. Again, our website is calvaryinglewood.org. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of A Transforming Word.